Hey, folks, welcome to Letterman Live. We are at Roosters on Illinois River Road, just down the street from the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. This is a, an, a, an adjustment, okay? I'm in Austin seat. Cardale Jones here filling in for Justin's Wick. We had to, you know, go to our, I don't want to say backup quarterback, yeah. but, you know. It's good. We're we, trying to win titles. We got, we got depth is what we're saying. We got yeah. the general Bob Carpenter, of course, Nicole Cox from Roosters. Uh, everyone, thanks for coming back. Nicole was gone a week ago. How, how did? You, what were you doing? I, it was. Oh, we had interviews for the Buckeye Cruise. We are making Ooh, a new video yes. for the Buckeye Cruise, which we have next week. Next Wednesday. Next, next Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah. I leave Saturday, so I won't be here next Ooh. week either, guys. Oh but um, yeah, call so it off. We had that. So you're going down to prep for it, starting a little bit. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm so I'm not Saturday. feeling sorry. Like, what do you apologize? You're going to Florida for longer than everyone else. So. Yeah, I know. Good for you. I know. I'm excited. I yeah. need it. <laughs> right. I was like, what are we feeling sorry for? <laughs> <laughs> the last time I saw you was in Florida. the national championship yeah. game. Yeah. So uh, well, good to see you back in, in the great, you know, central part of Ohio. The Buckeyes are back on the recruiting trail. I want to start there because you guys know I cover recruiting, and this last week has been sort of chaotic uh, when it comes to Ohio State football, recruiting, everything kind of culminating back in in one fell swoop. The dead period's over. The Buckeyes hosted 18 official visitors over the weekend. Um, Big names. They had a a number of big names, five-star kids from across the country. I saw that you were out on the weekend, and uh, a couple of the Ohio State football players were in a photo with you on the internet. Oh, yeah, big time. And I want to know... If by any chance you yeah. had an opportunity to interact with Quinn Ewers, um, a little. Um, Legend actually Facetime me because I think Legend was hosting him on the weekend and uh, it was yeah, time CJ. Too, yeah. yeah, exactly. So CJ and uh, they took those guys out and was hanging out. So um, when they Facetime me, I wasn't out yet, but it, it was pretty cool to see that brief interaction I had with him that he seemed like he was right at home with these guys. Yeah. And and clearly as a player, when you have recruits, that's your job to make these guys feel at home because you're trying to get these guys here to help your team in the future. But um, I'm excited for these guys, you know, because they're in a good situation, a very good young team that we have. Our core players moving forward will be young, so he's walking into a situation that he's going to potentially play with some of these guys for the next two or three years. Yeah. So Did see. you guys ever host official visitors? Yeah, I told you we hosted Schlegs. We went through that. You hosted Anthony Schlegs, right. <laughs> we went through that, how I got AJ and I, and then later he, he helps sabotage me and gets my eye, eye socket shattered and destroyed. <laughs> so, yeah, that. Um, who else did I host? I'm trying to think. I know Robert Reynolds was my host on my visit. He did a fantastic job. AJ and I, we, they would always have AJ and I split, because like, AJ wouldn't talk, so he would need me <laughs> to kind of help spur the conversations yeah. along. And it's always easier when you got someone else there with you. But it's so it's interesting because some of these kids, I mean, they just want to sit in the room if like pry them out. Other guys, like, hey, I'm ready to hear go and like explore life and have yeah. an awesome time. Yeah, I want to see what I want to see what this camp yeah. is about. I mean, so it's <laughs> uh, it's it's crazy town with how that's going to operate. So yeah, there's a lot there with all of it. But you know, part of the recruiting things, and I'll never forget. Ask you know, as we started doing that stuff, and Urban was big on this. The trust trust cared about it. Now and Ryan, they're really big on it. Is like when these guys get away. We're not just trying to recruit them. This is also like an interview. You don't think this guy would fit us. We maybe love him as a player, and he checks all these boxes. But all of a sudden, you get around, like, Dude, is this a guy you want to play with for the next like, exactly. two or three years? Like, exactly. Is this dude a jerk and just talking about himself? Or is he a guy who you know, you kind of feel like you're bonding with and like good dude? You start talking to him, like, okay, man. He starts checking boxes as a teammate, which is big. And so I'm glad we had all those guys in because we had some uncommitted guys. The Branch brothers were here. Yours was here. Like, I think it's great when you can have 
you know, your big time QB. I mean, the rest of the positions are just yeah. whatever, but you have your big time five star dude. Like, okay, start helping do the recruiting a little bit. Yeah. Start talking to the families. It was great. It got a chance. I mean, you're Cardell's hanging with the players, man. He's he's cooler than I. I'm, yeah. I'm like talking to the parents. <laughs> I wouldn't say I hung with. I, I ran into the oh, players. A, I ran into these. It was guys, a meet meet cute. I think a meet cute. <laughs> but uh, talking to the parents, man. These guys, they they really, you know, to steal from her. <laughs> they have elite families. Yeah. Like awesome, awesome parents. And it was great to kind of have these conversations. I'm like, hey, go meet the other parents here. See if you, these people are people that you like that did a good job raising their boys because that's who your boy is going to be hanging out with. And so yeah. you want them to hang around bad people? Oh, okay, go to some other schools, meet the families. You understand, like, hey, you know, I don't know about some of these guys, but come here. It's it's awesome. Like, they're really, really high-caliber individuals. They do a lot of the parent socials. The yeah. entire weekend is just jam-packed. But I think it's interesting. Do you guys ever notice, like, on the team, there's the dudes that – Host the official visitors, and then there's the guys that go out with the official visitors. Oh, for sure. And that was that, and I that was my cue. I had the guys. I, I hosted guys. Yeah. So I was a in my room. I had roommate Tyvis Powell. Oh, so yeah. we had both games. Your young day. son, exactly. <laughs> so we had the PlayStation and the Xbox. Yeah. So all day after you get done with you know your academics part of the recruiting trip and, and seeing the facility and stuff like that, you come into our room. Even when we didn't host recruits, it was we had a system. We had the guys that hung out with the guys during the day for the most yeah. part. And me and Tybus was never big partiers or outgoers and things like that. We both were in relationships at the time. He's actually married now to the, to the, um, his girlfriend at the time. And um, we had guys to send him what to go party. A guy named Najee Harris. Get yeah. guys to commit like that. Don't know what happened. Don't know. I just, I just know. I think it was Najee Murray. <laughs> Najee Murray. Najee yeah. Murray. Najee Harris. Murray. Yeah, Najee Harris. A little younger. Yeah, just, yeah. Uh, got Najee Murray. Yeah, yeah. Najee Murray. It was a corner for us. Yeah. And he used to get these guys to commit. I mean, did they used to make it today following Sunday morning, morning <laughs> activities? That's still unknown. You know, I got coaches calling me. Hey, where's such and such? I don't know. Call Najee. Call <laughs> Najee. Oh, so he answered, Coach, we got him. <laughs> so he said, Coach, don't worry about it. He'd be there, but we got him. He's a little late, but we got him. He'd be on campus. But back to what Bobby was saying, though, you, it's also a, a filling out period for you as yeah. a player to see if you want this guy in your program because we had two or three guys at the time that I was in school that committed, came in June, and didn't make it through summer workouts. Yeah. Was off the team oh before fall. We had two, three guys like that. Yeah. You know, over the four years I was at Ohio State. So, like you said, you don't want the wrong guys. And, and we all know how a bad recruiting class can really hurt you for the next four or five years. Yeah, and I think it's so important. I mean, a guy like Quinn Ewers, I, I, you know, he's the number one player in the country, okay? He's not just your average recruit. But he's also a kid from Texas. He's also very different. I mean, I told on the radio this morning, I was talking about how. His hair is, I'm seeing yes. a person. Is even better than seeing no, it, it on it's, video. It's, yeah. it's glorious. But yeah. the, the thing with Quinn is that, you know, you see all this. And his dad has a perfectly normal haircut, <laughs> which is amazing. Like, he's got two good-looking sisters. Like, very I mean, normal. All very normal. And my man's rolling up like Joe Dirt, looking fantastic. <laughs> but, that, you know, Quinn, you see all these kids posting their photos, shoots, you know, at Ohio State. They're in their uniforms. They're all doing their poses. And yeah. So, you know, because I like to make sure we have stuff for stories and stuff down the road. I asked Curtis Ewers, I said, hey, can you send me over Quinn's photo, photo shoot pics whenever you have them? And he says, well, Quinn, Quinn didn't do them. I'm like, okay. That's interesting. Ah, funny stuff. I'm like, the- I'm like, okay. And he goes, well, he doesn't want to put on the uniform until he's a part of the team. Yeah. And I was like, that's kind of. That's pretty sweet. That's different. You know, I, and, and I think you, you see this stuff and you realize that a kid like him who, you know, you if you met him at all, like, you know, he's a little bit different. He's hunting, fishing, playing football. That's all he's really into. And 
it's that opportunity this weekend to get around those other players that he hasn't had a chance to meet yet. And Quinn Ewers hasn't been on Ohio State's campus in three years. Yeah. And he was the last time he was here was before he was in high school. Yeah. The day that the day he got a scholarship offer from the Buckeyes, and he'll be back next week. He's bringing one of his teammates from uh, South Lake Carroll in, in Dallas, who's a wide receiver in the class of twenty two that's trying to get an offer from Ohio State. So Quinn's coming here with him to sort of support him as he does a workout with Brian Hartline and. You know, it's just one of those things that you start to see these relationships, and you guys know it better than anyone. And when you're talking about building a team, like that chemistry, that relationship starts way before you step on the field. Yeah, and you know a lot of these guys through the recruiting process because 18 guys on one recruiting trip, nine times out of 10, they're going to run into four or five of these guys at the next right. recruiting trip mm-hmm. they go to. So it's been times where, and Bobby can attest to this, that you go from, you know, you take your five visits and you probably see – four or five of the same guys at probably each school. Yeah. You know, and, and you have opportunity to play with these guys in college and like, you know, and vice versa for the recruits. You want to make sure out just outside of, okay, this is a great football program that I'm going to be into. I got to make sure I'm into the guys. I got to make sure my guys, you know, on my off days or, or in the off season, I have more time than the season. Well, who's going to go hunting and fishing with me? Yeah. Who am I going to hang with okay. and things like that? So it's a filling out process clearly from both um, aspects, from both sides of that spectrum. But, you know, people really don't realize how deep it gets when do it comes to recruiting. I have a question. So Bobby and Cardell, do they teach you when you're in high school? Do your coaches there kind of coach you on that aspect of the recruiting? I mean, they know they're looking at your talent on the field, but what you're talking about right now is a life skill that yeah. you're going to use in your career. You're going to use in your social life when, whether, when you become a parent and you're meeting all these parents in the neighborhood. So do they kind of guide you on that and say, hey, make sure you're asking questions. Make sure you are getting along with everyone because they're going to be looking at that as well. Do they tell you that? I mean, it's kind of a given. I mean, it also depends on your coach, right? Exactly. It depends I mean, he's on got a big, coach. big, big theta over there. Yeah, you know? yeah. So Teg and Senior, we come from a, a huge, well, I don't know anymore, but a huge <laughs> pipeline from a high school to Ohio State. So one thing about the recruiting process as well, when we had guys that was getting recruited by Ohio State, they always made sure guys from our high school would take these guys or whatever. So, um, yeah, because. Our coaches, our parents always stress life after ball. And when you go into these top programs, these power five schools, you, you whatever you, you're telling the five-star recruit, guess what? He's going next door to tell the same five-star recruit the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, this coach mm-hmm. has got to try to – his job is to get the best players in his program as possible to help him win. So you go into this program thinking you're going to be all this. You might not be. So what can that program do for you outside of football? Because that door, that window of opportunity might close before – you want it to, and you got to start thinking about life after ball. Absolutely. Yeah. I, that's one yeah. of my favorite things about Ohio State, that they stress that. You see when you walk through the Woody and the, the walls, they have the displays of what guys have done after. Oh, and they, and they're, they don't just talk about it. You yeah. know, I'll give Urban a ton of credit. Yeah. That's one thing that he instituted here at a very high level. Real Life Wednesdays. Real Life Wednesdays, forcing guys to get internships. To be honest, I mean, even the most diligent 20-year-olds, like, man, would I rather sit around and play video games this summer in the exactly. afternoon? Or do I want to, like, yeah. in theory, yeah, I'd want to go do an internship. And they're like, man, I got to do it. Like, no, you're going and getting it. We're setting it up. And all of a sudden, it just takes that little motivation. So, like, the, the things that's why I stress the parents, hey, you come here, it's not going to be easy. If you want your kid to go someplace where they're just going to take it easy on you, let you do whatever you want yeah. and not be competitive, that's not it. It's not here. Not here. Not here. So, if that's not it. For you, that's fine. But they're going to try to develop your your son as a player and as a person, yeah. and it's it's going to be tough sometimes. But that's if you want it easy, man, go somewhere else. But it's not going to make you any better. You know, in my time covering Ohio State, one of the things I remember the most about the Urban Meyer era was talking to a recruit who 
Urban told him, we are going to use you, so you better use us. And, yeah. and I think that having the ability to, to have that conversation openly and honestly with kids has, has translated into Ryan Day staff yeah. for sure. Because uh, as I talked to the recruits and parents after this weekend, the two things I kept hearing were they were totally real. And Columbus was way cooler than I thought. That's I'm telling you, that's a selling <laughs> yeah. point. And I don't think a lot of people. And I mean, we're dealing with kids from Texas, Iowa. I mean, you know, kids coming up from all Vegas. Over the country, Vegas. They don't really realize that Columbus is essentially Austin, Ohio. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Yes. It's it's a it is a great spot for Ohio State to be in. And with name, image, and likeness, which is something that was discussed a lot with these kids over the last week. Um, you know, the first guy they gave a presentation to on name, image, and likeness, I mean, now we're talking a little inside baseball, was Sonny Styles, whose father played at Ohio State yeah. in the 1990s. Sonny's a five-star player in the class of 2023. So they had their first presentation for this last Wednesday morning, and it was with Sonny Styles. And if you want to know how important it is for the city of Columbus to be integrated and be a part of things with Ohio State, like places like Roosters, for example, like this is a this is a partnership with the entire city and the school that they now have the tools to really kind of, you know, take take on and, and, and show well, off as a partnership. It's a partnership with the school and the city, but the other thing I press is like Ohio the state of Ohio is the seventh largest state in the United States. There's eleven million people here. And I said I, I've never it's a football state. You got people that care about the Browns, you got people who care about Bengals, Steelers, you know, maybe some Lions in Detroit, Indy a little bit. But I'm like on that Venn diagram with like all these circles. I'm like Ohio State covers up about eighty percent of those eleven million people. Are you going to tell me there's more than two of the eleven that don't care about Ohio State? I'll say you're crazy. I mean yeah. that is about the max. So everybody here is the only school in the state. Now Cincinnati obviously is great and doing some things and pushing, but very few places can say, "Hey, it is the only Power Five school in the state." And whether people went to Bowling Green, OU wherever, a lot of them still really love Ohio State right. football. There, there's a lot of Cincinnati yeah. fans that are Buckeye yes. fans as well. Yes. So, I mean, it, it's just one of the, the power of the Ohio State brand, and that's really what they try to impress on these kids when they make the visit. And, and it's interesting to see how it unfolds from here. There has not been any commitments yet from the big weekend, but there's stuff percolating, you know? Yeah, it's early. <laughs> there's stuff blowing up. Um, you know, but we were there for I told you, I told you go compare it somewhere else. Right. Go compare it somewhere else. That was... Uh, last thing on recruiting, because I know a lot. This isn't too maybe nuanced for a lot of people who don't care about recruiting stuff. But let me tell you this: recruiting is the most important thing. Because I'd rather be an average coach with great players than a great coach with average players all day long. <laughs> yeah. Larry Johnson was talking to Omari Abor, who's a five-star defensive end from from Dallas, Texas. Dude, that dude is big, and you know, he, he's, he's like not a real human. He's yeah. like LeBron James style in high school. Yeah, so I saw him like, "Did you like you're thirty years old?" <laughs> so. Larry and I talked to Omari on Sunday night about the visit, and he said he said Larry kept bringing up this word investment. He said he kept telling me that he's investing in me. It's not him coaching me. It's not him recruiting me. And it was when you guys talk about okay, this five star goes here and here's this. He goes to the next place and here's the same thing. This was something Omari said. I'd never heard anything like that. I'd never heard a coach tell me that he wasn't going to be my coach for four years. He was going to be a, a, well, a sounding board for me the rest of my life. And Larry backs that up because right. sure. he he calls his guys every Wednesday and has breakdown with all the dudes in the NFL talking about their game film like yeah. that week. I mean that that is investment. Now oh you're more gosh, familiar, yes. yeah, exactly. You're more burn familiar with the investment is on the way out. Make sure you grab your McDonald's bag. Yes, absolutely. Or your <laughs> or your your roosters. Mm -hmm. Well, there's not actually McDonald's in the McDonald's bag. No. <laughs> oh, there's not. God, at least not in Tennessee. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm incredibly naive to this whole thing. Um, you know, so last Wednesday we were inside of the Woody Hayes Athletic Center for the first camp, and one of the cool things for us as the media about camp days is that we get our first chance at seeing the current 
team. After some strong arming. After yes. a little bit of pissing and moaning, we got into the camps. And yeah. uh, the cool thing is we get to see the team, right? So we it's our first time, especially right now, after the last 18 months of nothing, yeah. to see the guys on the roster walking around. We get our first glimpse of who's like put in the work, who's got, and I'll tell you what. Developed here. CJ Stroud, boy. Is a lot better than people are, are uh, the, for people who are going into this offseason kind of concerned. Like, I, what I saw to CJ Stroud in the last 45 minutes of being in that Woody Hayes Athletic Center last Wednesday night, he was out there with uh, Kyle McCord, the freshman quarterback, and he was out there with Jackson Smith and Jigba, Chris Olave, um, uh, Emeka Abuka, freshman wide receiver. Um, who else was out there? And Marvin Harrison Jr. was out there, of course. And then Mayan Williams is the only tailback in there working with him. This offense, these guys are putting in a lot of work on their own. And I, it's running back week, so I want to start there. But there's a lot to be excited about with Mayan Williams, who is my pick. And we talked about this on, on our YouTube channel uh, on Monday morning. I think that when the Buckeyes kick off their season against Minnesota on September 2nd, that it's going to be Mayan Williams that starts at tailback for Ohio State. He'll, he'll be out there first. I want your predictions. Knowing here's the here's the lineup, right? You got Master Teague, you got Mayan Williams, you got Marcus Crowley coming off of the ACL a year and a half ago. You got Steel Chambers who hasn't been able to see the field, and then you got the best freshman running back in the country in Travion Henderson, and another top three high school running back last year in Evan Pryor. With a brand new quarterback, how different does the the Buckeye offense look, and who's starting first? I almost want to say that. You'll see Master Teague out there simply just out of deference for him to start the game, which wouldn't surprise me. As much as everybody got mad at Tress about how he kind of always aired on the older guys and did stuff like, did some different things, and maybe he's like, are we playing the best? Are we doing this? I I could see them starting Master Teague in a, quote, like starter role to come out there to be the first guy just because of what he means to the team and what he can give them, but probably isn't the guy that gets the most touches. So I, I could see that happening. If I had to bet, I'd probably say that. My second, my second pick would probably be if they're gonna if they're gonna go off of him. I like Mayan Williams, who's like a little Natron means, you know, uh, Maurice Jones Drew, just little meatball and really good. But Travion Henderson is, I I think the real deal. And I I, it is hard to start as a, a freshman at Ohio State at running back. Watch Dobbins do it, and his was a little bit more because Weber was was nicked yeah, Mike, up. Yeah, Mike was hurting. There was not six other guys was, in that. Yeah, room. it was just him. Maurice is the only dude I've seen come in and just literally take, wipe, take wipe the, the floor and like, it's yours now. <laughs> and so I, I put that as, as critical acclaim, but I, from what I've seen and heard, I, I think that he's got a shot to be able to do that. I've asked people repeatedly, just go watch Travion Henderson's junior high school football film because he did not have a senior season in high school because of COVID. You will see a different type of player than you see almost anywhere else in the country when you're talking about tailback. I'm asking, I still want to know who's, yeah. your, who, are you, you're saying, I, I got, yeah, I got to you just because for one, it's so, uh, I commend you for your job of being able to recruit and decide these guys in high school, because we all know that don't always translate to college. Right. So it will hard, it would be hard for me to even go back and if he had a senior to watch yeah. and say, Oh, he's going to be the guy when he step on campus. But I'm going to go with Tiggy because when you're going with a new quarterback, you're trying to make, it as comfortable as possible around. Mm. So you want guys with experience. Clearly, you got the guys on the outside. Clearly, you got to have a few shuffles up front. But I want a guy right next to me who's been in those situations, who's been in those big moments and can protect me when I drop back. Or, hey, if I'm, you know, 0 for 2 to start the game off, I can hand the ball off him. He's going to get us, you know, or, or 
third and manageable or get us off the field, you know. So I think T is going to be that guy early. But like Bobby said, I don't know if he's going to be the guy that get the most touches in a game. But the starting role just by default, I think it's T. And Nicole, we've seen in the last couple of years with Master Teague in the Big Ten when he's had a chance to play against the the average Big Ten competition. He's done pretty well. I mean, he's racked, racked off 100-yard games. He's, he's showed breakaway speed. Yeah. He's showed that he can put the ball <clears> in the end zone against anyone. I mean, if from the one-yard line, he might be the best one-yard running back in America. But, you know, do you do you absolutely. think that you have to go with the, with the old head? I, I I think so, absolutely. And I, I, I am. I'm going to pick the same. I'm going to say Master Teague, but because I believe so much in leadership. And I think that with the running game is going to be so important this year just because of having a new quarterback that, you know, just because he's going to be new. So Master Teague, I believe, has that leadership role, as you guys were saying. That's exactly what you were saying, that he it's just a staple. It's a, it's the confidence that'll be out there. He's been out in the games, and I, I just think for that first game, they definitely, it'll be him. Yeah, I'm still sticking with Mayan Williams because I really think that he has shown in this offseason, and especially last year, Mayan Williams, I don't know if you guys know this, when he did when he took his official visit to Ohio State in, the, in November of 2019, he walked down that tunnel at like 250 pounds. He, I, I, I remember watching him, and I'm like, that kid is not going to play running back at Ohio State. I'd seen the tape. I knew he, he was really good. I mean, he ran for 6,000 yards in high school. He's a very productive oh player. Yeah. Very productive player. But I, he walked down that ramp at 250 pounds at five foot ten. Stuff like see, stuff like that scares me. When a kid ran for 6,000 yards in high school, it's like, for one, I'm questioning competition. And I'm questioning, like, golly, you must have been getting – you got some miles on you already. So you know, six he was down miles. at Winton Woods High School down in Cincinnati. Like the kid, you know, it's a fairly good competition. But you saw a kid that you worried about. Like, is he going to take care of himself? Is oh, he Coach Mick will trust me. He'll get it off of him exactly. And he's down. To, he's he get he, he's now like a he's at like two hundred and twenty pounds. He looks great. Yeah. And I think this is where Master Teague is actually most important because I I think that everyone who can look at the program objectively knows that Master Teague may have hit his ceiling as far as what he can do on the field. Uh, the injury stuff has slowed him down a little bit. He's never been a guy that has wiggle and can really you know, make things happen in the hole. If he give him a straight line or one cut, he's... He's a great finisher, man. As a defensive player, when you're gassed and like you go and from you quick see. dude and then you've got this... I mean, he's a, he's yeah. big. Yeah. He's strong. He's fast. Yeah. Like Just pounding on you. Like, And he's great. He was great with J.K. his yeah. freshman year finishing those guys off because you go from him bouncing around to just getting blasted you're talking about a kid who's a four three seven guy oh, yeah. at 220 pounds six foot two he's a big Rocked kid up, man yeah i mean yeah. and he's always been that way but there is a difference and you see it in the offense in the last couple of years with jk what what you get when you have a little bit more wiggle in that offense and someone that can make things happen on their own master needs a perfectly blocked play to make something happen and there's a difference at tailback between the guys who have those elite instincts like Maurice Claret, like J.K. Dobbins, like Ezekiel Elliott, those those instincts um, matter in a, yeah. in, a, in a running back. Yeah, it's going to be. I think it's going to end up in one of situations where after we lost Carlos, Carlos Hyde and uh, Rod Smith was kind of the old head, and Zeke was going into the second year. Rod got the nod, and but we knew who was going to be starting running back. In, but he had to earn you know, it. But you know, you got to exactly. go out. And you got to go out, and, and it's not exactly. just about hey, I I should be the guy. You have to go out there and prove that you are the guy. And that's what I anticipate with Teague and these guys behind him because. After him, I mean, it's a toss-up for who you – I mean, they got a six really good running backs that probably can start – four of these guys probably can start anywhere else in the country. Yeah. So, we'll see. Who earns it? Well, what we're also going to see is Appetizer Tuesday mm. at Roosters. What is it? Mozzarella sticks. Mozzarella sticks. Everyone loves yes. mozzarella sticks. Yes, yeah. they are. 
We've talked about this before. Are you ranch or marinara? What? I'm ranch. There's people out I'm there. I'm both. I'm both. Oh, I, like I both. am stunned. I like both. Stunned to hear that. I know, right? What are you doing? What is going on? Where, <laughs> where am I? I said ranch and mozzarella sticks. That's what yeah. I said. I've, only done, I've never heard of- And I the would. marinara. I do the marinara, then the ranch. I'm, I'm a condiment person, though. I love sauces and dips, so- Where you guys All got dips. me right now? Where you guys got me right now? <laughs> All dips. Golly, ranch and mozzarella sticks. No way. Exactly. Really? I'm with you. Okay, I'm so let's way. just deviate so there. Good. Don't knock it till you try it. No. For a chunkier marinara or like a Ooh, no. smooth. Well, marinara. for dipping sauce, I would prefer more of the smoother one, yeah, like right. they provide here. But like on a spaghetti, you prefer a little more. I don't. Chunk. I don't mind some chunks Bam. on my spaghetti. Yeah. I don't like both in that situation. Definitely you no put, chunk. You put ranch on your. You put ranch on your spaghetti sauce. Or oh, oh I about to say, Godly, where no. are we? No, <laughs> I do love ranch though. <laughs> I love ranch. What else has Roosters got going on? Um, we just. It's been. Um, a great week. It's nice. I walked in today, Hannah, our server. Um, it's the first time I've ever seen her full face. Yeah. It was just, it was neat. It's neat to see smiles. I think that's what I've missed the most. Um, but yeah, so we're just happy. We're back to, you know, full capacity and we're very, very grateful for that and to the community for still coming in and supporting us. So. And they're bringing back mini corn dogs. We so. are bringing oh back mini God. corn dogs, guys. God. Bobby and I were just talking. I don't know when there'll be an appetizer Tuesday special, but they're slowly getting back into each location. Today would so. be the ideal day to say you're bringing back oh. tortilla chips. Just, oh, it's just shoot. It's the rooster's <laughs> chips. They're the like a Saratoga chip. chip. Mm. They're, they're good. Nice and thick. Oh, they're the best. They're still in our catering truck. So I've had them at a bunch of um, graduation parties over the past two weeks and they still are my number one favorite. How do I people get rooster's catering trucks for their graduation party they um just if you go on our website the catering team has their own email and they are phenomenal i recommend them for any event they know what they're doing they've learned over the years just even narrowing down like knowing exactly how much food you need for a graduation party i mean that's hard to figure yeah. out yeah. you know how many people to feed and um that boys eat more than girls so you you know coming up with the perfect mm. um menu so they're wonderful they are wonderful. <laughs> yeah. You got to love the catering trucks, man. I've been to a couple of events with do through Ohio State and other, you know, charities I work with who had catering truck roosters. And, and you're kind of always skeptical about catering trucks because it's not as good. Well, you would anticipate. It's yeah. not as yeah. good as going into the restaurant. You just don't but know how long it's been Thanks. sitting on the exactly. truck. No, exactly. Yeah. But it is. It's great. And so. Well, they've worked in the wrong. stores. So they bring the roosters culture with them. Exactly. They bring the drive to make sure that it's a great experience, you know, which is fun. Well, it's always a great experience. We are having a fun, casual conversation at Roosters. Nicole, go out there and see some more smiles. We'll let you get out of here. Okay, thanks, We're going to bring Spencer Holbrook in for round two. Oh, he just boy. doesn't know it yet. <laughs> <laughs> I want to make sure Spencer is uh, always on, on high alert. So we'll be back in just a moment. Roosters is one of the unique companies that we deal with. They're involved in everything we do, from our personal foundation to also the Cancer Research Fund. And that's from the Buckeye Cruise from Cancer to all the events leading up to the Buckeye Cruise. They donate back to different organizations that are near and dear to their heart. And we're so fortunate to have been with Roosters now for a long, long time. All the folks at Roosters are just genuinely kind folks, and they want to make a difference. Thank you, Roosters Foundation. Thank you, Roosters Foundation. Thank you, Roosters Foundation. Welcome back to Roosters on Owen Tangy. Spencer Holbrook has joined us. He's in place of Nicole Cox. Um, I, thought, I thought we were recording all the other stuff we just said. No, no. no. <laughs> Why not? That, Keep it in. That, Keep it in. This is a reminder to who's ever editing this video to remove those portions. <laughs> no, that's the stuff that, I mean, Coach, you get those SEC dudes cr creeping up in your timeline, man. And your mentions, Cardell, I mean, I, I, there was like some serious hate that came at me. Really? Oh, yeah. I, it was. But it you was, know, I'm like. Low key, the king of social media. You want me to jump in this little? It's fine. I'll have to you? bring you in. Yeah. I mean, 
they'll say terrible things about you too then that's as cool. well. And it's fine. That's why I was like, hey, dude, it's cool. You can you can say whatever you want about me. I'm, it is. I'm pointing out real facts about yeah. scholarship numbers. I'm like, get 85 guys on a team, but yet you you sign. 110 guys over four years. Tell me how that matters. What happens like the other, all those other dudes? Where are they at? That whole other class of kids. It's it's wild that Bob hasn't had uh, like Vol Twitter or like the full regalia of Alabama fans in his so I'm, pro- I'm protected yet. by Vol Twitter because I'm Witten's dude. So like Jason Witten's the made man of policy. Jason so. Witten calls off the dogs. So I think they protect me with him. But Bama, I'm not so lucky. <laughs> how different do you guys think that sports would be now without social media? You know, I, I was talking to someone today about this. Like, the society that we have created through 25 years of reality TV stars and social media, I, I don't even I would I don't even know what like 17, 18 year olds like what goes through their head anymore. Nothing. Yeah, I mean I, that's I'm pretty sure nothing. Like, well, how do I get more like I don't know. I, some of the kids are great and they have great families and they raise in the right way, but the vast majority, man. And the other thing too, it's not just the kids. Then you have grown adults who are my age and older and whatever. And then they're like spitting vitriol at these kids. I'm like, cause you didn't pick your school. I'm like, okay, well you didn't pick your school. It's okay. Yeah. Cardell, you were, you start, you came up right at the start. Yeah, you were the I was right. going to say, I came up in an interesting period right before and to see the takeoff yeah. of social media. And at that point, the platform was pretty much Twitter and then Instagram was coming around and it was pretty much the way that everyone was going. Cause you post pictures and everything. But to see how it evolved now to got at least seven years ago when I was in school, the hype of it when it was, you know, taken off. I mean, I didn't anticipate this. And then you got, you know, some of the stuff we're recruiting in social media with, you know, these coaches and these recruiting coordinators of these schools do with, Dude, the, the, with, the uh, videos, the signing, the, videos. yeah, the signing videos, and, and, you know, going through, I'm just like, it's a whole production. Yeah. It turned into a production, and in a way, I mean, it been it's somewhat beneficial to guys for life after college. You're like a, you look at a guy like a Juju Smith-Schuster and um, Claypool is his yeah, receiver, Claypool, yeah. yeah, and, and things that they doing on social media. Yeah, does it take away from some points of the game? You put, kind of put a target on your back. Yeah, but it also gives guys the opportunity to show their personality outside of football. Yeah, I mean, you were recruited right when Twitter was starting in, t- in 2009. So yes. Like, Remember, he didn't come here to play school. Oh, my God. Right. Here we go. See, that's another thing. That's another thing about social media. <laughs> they go remember forever. Can, it, everything's very easily taken out of context. But yeah. you know, I just think back in your days, like when you were starting, I remember hearing stories about college coaches like creating – Catfish accounts, yeah. like of, yeah. of women, to try to like figure out how to. Oh, yeah. I mean, this stuff is. I'm sure it still happened. Yeah, yeah. Probably less now because, but or they're just better at it, or they're better yeah, at it, yeah, right? Exactly. And they're more realistic, <laughs> I guess, with their with their approach. But do you remember Ohio State? Uh, gosh, 2013, I think 20, maybe the 2012 spring game. Yeah, wait, the Alex, deep, the Alex Anzalone, um, who was committed to Ohio State. Uh, okay. The linebacker, he like yeah. with Joey Bosa, he was up here, and like they ran into this fan at at, a, at the spring game. Is that like, the sex predator? Yeah. Oh yeah. And that's why Angelone ended up decommitting. Like, yeah. it's just crazy yeah. what I'm. So over the weekend, one of the Ohio State official visitors, or maybe not inadvertently, but quickly deleted a Instagram post of the schedule that they had for the weekend for the official visits, right? And like yeah. where they were going to be every time. Oh yeah. And like. They had weird things in like pick up a McDonald's bag, right? Uh, strip club stuff like that. <laughs> Naturally, you know, just right. the, just the yeah. good stuff. But I mean, when you see that, and you see if you're out in public and you're a, a, a fan of Ohio State, and you see Ryan Day and oh, thirty yeah. recruits, like you imagine people, are, oh, I got to get a picture of this. I got like 
So there's yeah. good and bad to that yeah. because yeah. it shows like the love for the program. And most people are highly respectful and like do it in a pretty good way. And we yeah. go on the Buckeye cruise every year and it's, they're doing a really good job of it. And most of the fans have, they, they have great passion. But that's at sea. There are no laws at sea. <laughs> yeah, but that's what I'm saying. But they do a good job. Like, and the, there's a handful of people that you know can be a little overbearing sometimes. But it's it's great because you talk to Ryan Dagenbeck. Listen, this is the love that you have in this city. Now, I'd like to be able to sit here and, and chew my food without having to take a picture right now. Exactly. And it's also, by the way, my anniversary with my wife. Yeah. <laughs> How, about that? Recruiting visit. How about that? 14 months of dead oh, period, gosh. and the first day of official visits is his wedding anniversary. That gotta be. That's just bad. Time it. Oh, it's so amazing. (laughs) Spencer, as a you know fan of of young men as you are. Oh my God! Like Schlegs. Uh, Schlegs loves watching dudes. Spencer Holbrook, fan of young men. As as you're a a fan of these young men and their families, if you saw like a recruit and his family out in public, would you be like, oh, I know you. I gotta say hi. No. No, what would you do? Just take it. You'd be one of these, like taking a selfie and accidentally. Oh, in the background. Oh, oh yes. No, Who's this probably, guy? Who was this guy? I, well, first of all, when I was a fan of college football, I didn't know the recruits by the by their look. I just knew the number of the jersey that they wore and who they played for. Um, so I wouldn't really know who it is. But it's like, oh, you know, that's probably one of the recruits on an official visit. Depending on where I'm at, you know, if, is he is he here for an unofficial visit? Are they eating somewhere? Uh, not that's not Hyde Park, or are they are eating they at McDonald's? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, no, I would not have went up and taken a picture and, and fanboyed very hard. See, I, but I've not fanboyed, but run into a recruit through the years, been out of school and, and myself with a family, or if I'm definitely like the Woody, you want to just say hi, good luck with the recruiting process, yeah. go box or something like that. So I've been in a situation where it was big, big recruiting weekends and I might have been at a, you know, a restaurant or something like that. And I ran into a, a guy that I, you know, kind of look familiar. Like I'm not big into recruiting, but oh, yeah, I think that's such and such. And, you know, you see them staring back. Okay, I think that is. So I go over, hey, man, good luck with the recruiting process. Nice to meet you guys from Cardale. Go Bucks. But Something like that. But not like, yeah. you know, even if I was a big fan of some of these guys at a young age, I would. But Clemson had like one of their Dabo Swinney camp, which is weird. That's a totally different weird thing. Why are these college camps called like the Dabo Swinney camp? Isn't it? Am, am I the only one who thinks that's weird? Well, because Clemson really wasn't that good before him, so maybe they want to brand brand up. But like Ohio State says, they have like their Ohio State one day recruiting camps. And yeah, these, these are called like, the Ryan Day. Right. It wasn't the Urban Meyer? Was it the Jim Trestle? Yeah. So that's weird on its face. But beyond that, so like Taj Boyd for some reason was at their camp, you know, just yeah. to hang out. Do you guys? Taj Boyd's a good dude, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you guys as players, how much? I, I don't want you to give away trade secrets here oh. necessarily but like how much are you asked by guys at ohio state hey make sure you stop by or you know you guys are ambassadors to the program you you know you both won national championships like how how is it that you're asked to be a part of things still um with me personally um i i'm i'm always around guys like i finally had a chance to meet to meet cj this yeah. past weekend I ran into him out and Oh, he's a big dude. But I told him straight up, like, hey, you know, if it wasn't for this COVID stuff, you probably saw me way more yeah. often because right. I'm always around the program. If I'm using the indoor facility to throw, if I'm going to see Coach Mick, I mean, I'm not, you know, I don't think anyone on coaching staff I've played. Tony Alford is still there, right? Yeah. So I'll go see those guys, and it happens more naturally in that aspect because I was probably around a facility three or four times a week, you know, just shooting the shit with the guys. Yeah. 
But um, I haven't been asked to like come back because we got you know number one guy in the country and things like that because they probably anticipate oh Cardell around here somewhere. Go outside, I'll probably see my truck in the front. He around here somewhere, which is good. I'm telling you, man, like having your guys around yeah. makes a big difference. Yeah, because you can sell family all you like and and this, but like man, it, it's great. Like I've gotten to know Cardell pretty well. Like Josh Perry, guys that are his age, like they're ten years younger than me. Yeah, and knowing like a guy like Joey Galloway, who's in Vrabes, so, like ten years older than yeah. me. Yeah. And you know, so you get to meet these guys through them just being around the program. Exactly. And, you know, they become friends. Like, dude, you need something. You text a guy, and that's what I was trying to tell. Like, what's the great part? I'm like, I can call all these guys. Like, yeah. anything they need, anything I need, we're always open, always, always trying to help each other. And so, you know, they have me. I teach a class, a couple classes over at the business school. So they have guys coming in who want to major in business. Like, all right, I can talk to you about going to school here. I can talk to you, you know, about you know playing life after football. I can also talk to you like what what the school's going to have to offer as well and just why you know why you come back why you live here tell about you know other guys and and stuff so there's just uh a lot of good things that are involved in that and i just i'm a huge advocate because i think it's important so i remember when i saw i came to camp this is before all the one days they had <clears throat> you know, andy katzenmore back here you know he's working out i think the original didn't come here to play school yeah the original didn't come i mean he, he legit didn't play school at all i mean <laughs> i love andy but you know and then i think joey was back maybe running and Coach K is working these guys out and just, you know, it's like, man, these dudes, like, they come back here and work out. Yeah. You know, like, even, I think Andy was still in school. Galloway was back. But like, all the NFL guys, like, man, that's that's pretty awesome that all these guys are still here and guys still come back and are around. And then getting a chance to get to know those guys as a player, you know, it's, I'm like, that that stuff means a lot. Yeah. You know, and then when you go in the NFL, you're like, yeah, I already know these guys are, I went on my visits to New, uh, New England with, uh, when I was getting in the, when I was get, coming out for the draft and, you know, Teddy Bruschi comes up and starts talking to me about Vrabes. Yeah. You know, he's like, I heard a lot about you. You know, Vrabes wasn't in there at the time, but it's like, this is, it's great. Like, that's, that's the stuff that you have that this place gives uh, players the opportunity that you don't really see everywhere yeah, else. Yeah. And you think about how many players, especially out of state players, who come through the recruiting process and play at Ohio State and, and make Columbus home, mm-hmm. life after ball. And it's, I can't tell you how many times I run into, you know, a fan or a player or the young guys now because I never play with any of these guys who are on the team now. So, what are you doing here? Like I, I live in Columbus. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you, you from Columbus? No. I mean, I'm two hours north, but even if I wasn't, you know, this would be home for me and uh, things like that. So not just the school, not just the family atmosphere, but the city. The one, one last no, thing. That. No. That's, that's the part of the brotherhood that doesn't get talked about enough because we talk about the brotherhood when we write about things. And the current. As in like the current team and the 85 guys with 120 guys with all the support staff. Or 150 at Alabama. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, that are in, on that current roster. And then you talk about these guys are, you know, years apart from each other, and they're good friends. And then, like he said, with the guys ten years or older than him, and guys before that, and even back to like Archie, still being involved with everything the university does, like that brotherhood is a, you know, four years, forty years. It's a forty-year brotherhood, not a four-year brotherhood. And I think that's what makes the program so strong in every aspect. And some of the greatest things about being friends with Bobby, being friends with guys that's played ten to fifteen to twenty years. Um, before you and these guys now, you share some stories. Yeah. <laughs> the best part, you said it right, you share the stories. Oh, man. Like you said, we just talking about off camera that, you know, we was at the memorial this weekend. We didn't run into each other, but you was like, man, the cicadas, man. Last time they was here, man, freaking Slagle ate one of those things. <laughs> like, just sharing stories like that and just <laughs> joking around like that. That's what makes this place special. And You uh, hadn't been to the memorial in 17 years? No, the, the well, cicadas. The cicadas. Oh, they had, oh, the yeah, last time that they were here. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. So they came back for COVID. Oh, no. um, <laughs> so that's a big piece. When you got drafted to uh, 
Bills. The Bills. Was there anybody else there from Ohio State on the team yet? Um, well, me and Adolphus Washington got drafted came together at the same there, time. but um, from Ohio State, no. Okay, and so that's well, I get, Ohio State alumni front office people, but no yeah. players. And so I get drafted to Dallas, and Terry Glenn's there. Yeah, I mean Terry Glenn. It's is he it was in his twelfth year, and he's a guy that I like, watched growing up. You know, exactly. and he's like he's big, big time. Dude, he's you know all pro, uh, Pro Bowl player, really good. And and Terry doesn't talk to anybody. He's a very very quiet guy. And he always wore sunglasses in the facility and everything. Bill let him do whatever he wanted. And he worked hard and showed up, but he had different rules for Terry. But Terry comes up to me literally the first day. And we got like another rookie that's sitting there beside me in my locker. And he comes up. He's like, hey, Buckeye. They're giving you whatever you need, man. I got you. He's like, we stick together. I'm like, all right. He's like, I'm serious. And he's just like, pound and walked off. He goes, you know him? I was like, that's the first time I'd ever spoken to him in my life. <laughs> Ever spoken to him in my life, but it's crazy. It's like that though. It's, it's, it's serious. It's like man. that with outside of when you get out these, get out the Woody Hayes and you go play. God forbid. A t- I mean, well, you know, a guy that played at the university way before you. It's just like you played together. Yeah, like this is my guy. No That's matter how what, we in care. the media are, as you now well know, as a media you know guy yourself, we're all the same. We're all like, oh. You're in the media. I'm in the media. We're <laughs> dap it up. We're, We're brothers. brothers. Yeah, yeah. That's We're your secret. So I'll tell <laughs> we just become best friends? Right. <laughs> I'll tell this quick story since Cardell brought it up. So Schlegs, it's been 17 years, the, the cicadas. So we went to the memorial, and I'm thinking in college, it's like the greatest thing I'd ever done. We got to go up there, had some friends. I mean, what was that? 2000, I mean, statute of limitations, probably up on much most of this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so we go up there, you know. Young guys, like 21, and, you know, having, you know, you got to have some drinks. Sure, I was like, I don't really like golf. I don't really play golf. Yeah, like, yeah. go to these house parties. I'm like, this yeah. is awesome. Like, these are people that are full-grown adults, like my age now, here acting like it's spring break on a yeah. Thursday Thursday morning. <laughs> at a golf this, tournament. At a golf tournament. I was like, this is like, it's like Happy Gilmore. This isn't even real. <laughs> and so we're out there, and the cicadas, there's humming everywhere, man. It's so loud. And one of them, like, falls down on the table. And it was probably now like 2.30 or 3 o'clock, getting a little later in the day. How many PBRs had he had? Oh, dude. They're uncountable numbers. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> listen, we got out there like 9. So we were fully warmed up and ready to go. Right. It was already the fourth quarter of the game. <laughs> uh, and one of these cicadas falls down. And AG's like, I bet you won't eat that. And she's like, get out of here. And someone's like, you won't eat it. And then these people you know, start, like, covers it up. You know, and all of a sudden, like, 20 bucks comes flying onto this table. <laughs> And they, then it was like, then it was, it was like, uh, all of a sudden we're making it rain. I mean, dude, they, yeah. they fired up, the, fired up the mic, and there might have been three hundred dollars on the table for it. <laughs> hey, it's like Fairfield. So they go, there's their change. Go, and he, so then he's like, ah, he rips the wings off. Oh my god! Jams that thing in his mouth. It's like crawling. You can see like the leg <laughs> trying to escape, and he like crunches it down. They're cheering out, no, uh, so loud. And then like next three minutes later, that Marshall, they're like, hey. You guys got it. It's too loud. Like, we're going to shut this party down. With this and they, they have no idea. No one's even caring. You would have thought that someone hit like an 18 foot putt to win. To yeah. win. No, that's just my man Slags crushing his cicada on the yeah, front porch. Just smashed it. Austin's wife, Allie, wrote a story for the dispatch last week about how cicadas are like a big thing right now. In if you're allergic cuisine. to crustaceans, though, you can't eat them, which is unbelievable. We didn't know that at the time. The more you know. Well, this is I when mean, we'd have that like. Uh, but I joke. With AJ, so AJ was like, dude, if you would have eaten that. He has a shellfish allergy. I was like, you might have went down, big dog. <laughs> and I don't think anybody there was in the frame of mind that would have understood what was happening because <laughs> you just would have started swelling up and rolling around. I don't think anyone there had EpiPens. Yeah. I don't, know, I don't know that there's a better spot to end than that. We're going to talk about 
Terry Glenn more next week, I hope, because it's going to be wide receivers week, and he had the single greatest season oh, of any man. receiver in Ohio State history, even 1995. So we'll talk a little bit more about that as we start to break into the summer. Last thing, was this the worst part of the summer for you guys, like right now when everyone else is pretty much entering summer break and you guys had to be on campus? It was tough. It was tough because our summer break was pretty much finals week yeah. because we it was discretionary. <laughs> exactly. So <laughs> it was discretionary. They give you an off week during finals. I yeah, forgot that. Exactly. So um still had to pretty much come in and get Nothing a workout. An and then yeah, and then you had like four days or something like that off until the new guys came in. So it was tough. It was tough. I, I always liked the summer though, because I'm like, you know what, we're training now. You can see the end in sight. When you're starting winter conditioning, it's like you're training off motivations from last year not not that that still doesn't always play into it but like we got to get ready for the purpose of playing a game so you know where your body's at physically so everything right. you do it's like hey we're we're ramping up you can start to count the weeks down yeah. which when you're sitting there and it's 20 degrees outside and it's february and they're mix mix the other you're train we got to get this that and you're like dude like i i remember playing football more than i can look ahead forward at exactly. the next year so it's exactly. i always kind of like the summer you get to really hang out because everybody's gone, so it's just you and your teammates. Yep. You know, and some guys, you know, get together and, and shoot. I don't know if you were here yet, Cardell, shooting uh, pellet guns off of dorms at, at students. And they've been. <laughs> and that's a good point to wrap it up at, guys. And we <laughs> see you guys next week. <laughs> 87 days. I think we've run the gambit. Uh, no, th- we hate this part of the, of the summer because, you know, content. Because they recruit good dudes who don't get arrested anymore. If that's, had that's true. Guys like back in the day and you get some nice felony drug possessions was, or, you know. <laughs> if you get a nice, uh, good yeah. felony that was, drug possession. That well, that's where I want to ask the real last R- thing. Bowl games for tattoos. I mean, all the good stuff. Give me one moment for a guy coming, coming into the program in June where you were like, no, he's not going to make it. One guy, like the first, like the first impression of a dude who like showed up on your in your roster, and he he walks into the campus on June eighth, and he's acting like he's you know king crap, and you're like, nope, not gonna make it. Oh yeah, do you want me to tell you the person? Yeah, that would- I mean, if, uh, unless you're unless you're dude, adverse. He, he went to, uh, I think he went to Cleveland East. His name was Reggie Smith, and he got here and walked in. And he was he was talking about playing linebacker, and that class in Ohio that year was really weak, and I think Tress stretched it to get more Ohio guys. Mm. And he came in and he was talking all this, how fast he was and this and that. And I'm like, all right, man. And we went and ran and he died. I mean, died. I'm like, you got no shot, bro. You got no shot. No this shot. Wasn't, it wasn't even that hard. We were like eight half gassers. Yeah. He ran like three of them and I could not make it. I'm like, what have you been doing? You're, you are 18 years old. How could you possibly be in this bad of shape? Yeah. Oh, weed every day. He, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's easy. Yeah. He made it one season. He didn't even make it to the next spring. He made it through that year. That, Summer season and then was gone. It's good to know that your calling may need to be changed early, you know, instead of wasting a lot of time. Yeah, I can't remember. I'm trying to think of one of the guys who came in and literally didn't make it. It was off the team, not because of physically they couldn't do it, but just off the field issues. But I can't remember these guys' names that didn't literally. You're crook. You're class. Oh my. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot. Oh of yeah. <laughs> the where are they now? If you guys want to get oh, a good one, my the where God. are they now for his class? Yeah, but please, what? no action. Hey, we gotta we gotta fill content all hey, summer long. Bob, was there anybody that came in that first week of June where you're like, they're not gonna make it, and then they actually made it? Because I feel like that's a better story. I will tell you this: the guy who it is, it is the fact that he not only made it, made it here five years, and I think Mick slid him into the gold group, which he did earn, but the board almost fell off the wall when it happened. Was Dame Arnett. 
<laughs> Man, they refer to as Rico. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. Because you, you were older he, when he first came in. I've had two years with yeah. Rico, man. He was, I was like, he'll not. He was like holding on by a thread. I mean, a thread. Holding on by. Held on to a thread correct. for four and a half years. There was After a time. That, exactly. I don't even know. It was, it, was like, it was like Dave Chappelle Prince. He was just levitating there at yes. some point. Like he couldn't even like Rico. Like, <laughs> couldn't get out it was of a, Yeah, it was. Can't get point, right. Yeah, it was can't get right. It was at a point where he couldn't even like. Be in our locker room. Yeah, I mean, like it, like it got to a point where Coach Meyer thought like he was just such a bad guy because of his hair. It made him cut his hair, oh, like dude. all type of stuff. Like, like that's a whole another story. We can have a whole show on Rico. Yeah, next week we'll we'll intro the show with Rico's but rap album. The guy, yeah, you know, yeah. He made it, and then like by his fifth year, I looked at him the first round. I'm gonna tell you what, and this this is how this show can sometimes go because this could go on for a while. We were sitting here. Or here at the WAC two years ago, preseason, going through the roster, getting to talk to kids for the first time in, in six, seven months. And Damon Arnett came out there and did his media interview and blew everyone away. I, it was my first time ever. So it was my first time yeah. ever talking to him and ever being around him. And I had been warned before we went to the cornerbacks availability, like, hey, <laughs> like, just be ready because you might have to, like, hit pause or something because they're just going to pull Rico out if he says something or like <laughs> if he if he does something just like be ready we might not be posting this interview and th- you know I think two years later we can say that he blew everyone away I walked away and he I went, became everyone's favorite guy I, the last couple <laughs> of years through the draft class deal actually ever since I've been done with school I think Rico honestly his story his transformation and his going in the first round it's my favorite story and my favorite guy to watch and follow Still dealing with some issues with the Raiders and injuries and, and, and taking care of his mental health. But his hand has been broken for three years in a row. I don't know if it's ever not been broken. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's but just, it's planned through though. It, oh, won't, he won't let that. Yeah, yeah. You keep, he it, won't let. What happens when you keep punching in lockers and stuff? It happens. <laughs> He's crazy, but that's like you said. And this is the one thing that developed here. Yeah, I mean, do that. That's that, real. That's here real. That's real. It, it took him three and a half years to mature yeah. into that guy that he that's became. True. And like now, and he's always been a good dude. He was just very immature and had like. No accountability to anything in the world. Yeah. You had Damon Arnett came into this Roosters yeah, just, with Denzel Ward for my son's birthday and signed autographs and took pictures with dudes. Good now, dude. Denzel had to go get him to make sure he came. <laughs> but Damon, I, and I said, I go, you make sure you get yeah. him. They came together and it was awesome, man. Yeah. And he was fantastic. Like, I, I would let Denzel or I would let Damon watch my kids. Now, I don't know what they would be doing when I got back, but I know he would be playing with them. It may not be safe. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they might be like lighting stuff on fire and throwing yeah. at each other. But, Thinking it's funny. I mean, but he, <laughs> but he would, he would. As long as there's awesome nothing flammable dude. around you, that's yeah. really not that yeah. dangerous. He's, he's yeah. a great dude, man. He's great. <laughs> All right, we got to go. This has been Letterman Live. Thanks for Nicole Cox for hosting us. Cardale Jones, Spencer Holbrook, Bobby Carpenter. I'm Jeremy Overham. Thanks for watching.